0: Hello and welcome to Emerge Evolve Lead, a podcast for people in recovery from addiction who want to be better leaders. I got clean and sober when I was 24 and then I started my corporate career. After several decades, I left that job and created Emerge Leadership Academy where I train leaders and coach people in recovery who are ready to step up in their career. My name is Maureen Rosgem and I'll be your host. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Stefan Neff is my guest today, and he is a doctor of anesthesiology, and he is also a best-selling author of the book, My Steps to Sobriety. And he hosts a podcast of the same name, My Steps to Sobriety. He's been in recovery since March of 2013. Uh, Stefan is from Germany, but now lives with his family in New Zealand. Welcome to the podcast, Stefan. How are you?
1: I'm ever so well. Thank you very much, Maureen. Thank you very much for having me on your show. It is an honor for me.
0: Good, good. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm excited to hear about your story a little bit more. I've heard uh, some of your podcast episodes, and but I, it's always you know we're focusing on the guests. So today you get to be the guest. So why don't you tell us a little bit? first about what your life is like today and then I'm gonna ask you more about your story from the past.
1: Oh, nowadays shall I say my life is so beautiful. Uh, it's you know yesterday becomes jealous of today um, <laughs> because every day I try to to implement something new. I constantly I'm a lifelong learner. I always was but when you're in the midst of addiction and, and mental health problems depression PTSD well, you're not doing so well Mm -hmm. it's one thing to listen to Tony Robbins it's another thing to actually take his advice and turning it into action so I listened I there are not many self-help books that I did not read (laughs) yeah typically with a glass of wine in the hand and never actually put something in action or very little so it's oh my god But that was the past nowadays I actually um, take small measurable steps into the right direction how do I know the right direction I allow myself to uh, step off the hamster wheel and I dream and I dream well who do I want to be when I grow up and then I use my focus I try to imagine who I want to be in absolute crystal clear details so not just oh I want to be rich no I want to have 2.25 million why? I don't care. But 2.25, that's how specific I want to be. And I'll do that exactly with, with everything that I want to do. So I'm turning a dream into a vision.
0: Okay. And then
1: I figure out steps, how to get to that. So my vision becomes a mission. And that is cool. So that's what I, what I do nowadays. I actually constantly improve. For example, coming here onto your show i'm having a damn good time and it is beautiful <laughs>
0: <laughs> indeed so he says uh, that you live with your family in new zealand how That's long great. have you been in new zealand and who is in your family
1: oh i've got a gorgeous wife uh from the uk my wife lisa and i've got two young uh, not so young sons 19 and 21 uh-huh, alex and okay. lars gorgeous young men um who uh yeah, so that's our the nucleus of our family. And New Zealand is just a beautiful place. So guide. I know. I,
0: I saw it I saw it on the Hobbit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I definitely yes, wanna go big, there. Yeah, we all have big feet and quite oh, hairy well. feet. Here, I'm sorry. <laughs> well
0: I know <laughs> Yes, I know you all live in the side of hills, but uh I'm Yeah, that's <laughs> right, that's right. <laughs> all that's right. fine. But uh, well, let's go back and talk a little bit more about your story so um i know that you got sober in 2013 and that you're an anesthesiologist um my guess is that you got sober after you became a doctor but i you know i could be wrong but please um tell i i want to hear about your career but first i want to hear how did you figure out that you were an alcoholic and how did you like hit your bottom and decide to surrender and get the help that you needed?
1: Well, for that we need to settle the horse the other way around. Let's actually first look at at, at my story in natural, which is, yeah, I, I became a doctor in, in Germany and that takes you about 25 years uh, in school. So from the time <laughs> you start school until you become a specialist. So that's quarter of a century learning and being, being a minion of sorts. Um, I did that and uh, I, during that time, you worked bloody hard. And I always, I always loved working hard because that was one of my addictions. Because I did not have to focus on the negative emotions, I didn't have to think too hard. It was very easy to be a hero in my work when maybe in your daily life you felt more like a failure. Um. So, long, long hours of work and stuffed up core beliefs from childhood, mm. uh, a lovely sprinkling of trauma thrown in every year, every other year, some major trauma. Um. And before long, I didn't know who I was anymore. I was a doctor. If asked ask me, well, who are you? Oh, I'm a pain physician. I'm an anesthetist. Yeah. No, no, no. Who are you? I just told you. So I could only define as a doctor. I couldn't define myself as a man. Mm -hmm. I was was a hollow shell, really. So I worked every hour under the sun. And then uh, very soon, alcohol became the crutch. Alcohol became the way of decompressing, of Mm -hmm. relaxing, of just finally. You know, it it came with a sound effect. Sound effect was...
0: uh,
1: That was after the second glass of wine. Mm -hmm. This kind of, oh, your shoulders relaxed. There was this warmth coming up from my esophagus and stomach. And it was cuddling me and giving me the hugs that I needed. It it told me, hey, it's going to be fine. And now let's forget all the other shit in your life and let's put the music on and let's stream that you're 21 again let's dream how you're dancing rock and roll let's stream how you are martial arting uh you know all those kind of things that you love to do uh yeah needless to say that was now 20 years ago and I, my figure had dramatically changed from the lean mean fighting machine that i was um and yeah but it is i had lost myself and so how did
0: it- did it manifest? So it must have manifested in your life with some negative consequences eventually.
1: Well, that's the beauty of us high functioning, so-called high functioning alcoholics. Um, we, I was, I was lucky to keep it together, kind of. Um, it was. Um, I never had a DUI. I never had any run-ins with the law. I was always a, respectful with the law. I was always a, a drunk who respected boundaries, let's put it like that, um, at least as far as the law was concerned. Uh, in my work, well, I don't think I was the best anesthetist, because when you hang over with a headache and, you know, like a like a sore bear, um, you're not nice, you're not mm. nice. Um, so, but that was then. So I, I tried to keep hidden. Uh, needless to say, probably everyone around me just recognized it by the smell. Although I, I actually drank uh, vodka to keep the smell down. You still realize it. Mm. Um, if you work 16 hours, then come home, drink until 3 in the morning, and then crash and get up at 6 to go to work. Yeah, guess what? People figured it out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. but Did somebody it bring didn't... it
0: to your attention? Or did you find yeah, decide... it? People tried. Okay. No, no, people
1: tried. People tried, in all fairness. Um, and I didn't listen so that was as simple as that. Denial is the hallmark of addiction, denial is the hallmark of alcoholism. If you ask people who are drinking far too much, 95% of them will tell you, there is nothing wrong with me, honestly I swear, and they even believe it, mm-hmm. because that's how insidious alcoholism is. It is It is telling you lies. and they, I, was, I was no different. Whilst I could see it in Everyone else i could I could make the diagnosis of of drug abuse of depression of PTSD a mile away. I was really good in picking it up in others. Could I see it in myself? no way mm. my body not my not my soul my mind tried to protect me from that, and that is yeah so it is i mean in my book My Steps to sobriety, I talk about those kind of habits um of us normalizing alcohol and building protective kind of things around it. For example, that you're joking about alcohol. Um, a, a meal without alcohol is called breakfast. Um, <laughs> de- <laughs> have you had breakfast? Not a single drop yet. Um, uh, you know those kind of things. You, you, what do you do with leftover wine? I'm sorry, I don't understand that question. You're right. What's what is that? leftover wine? <laughs> exactly. So you know. So, it's what those, happened
0: in March of 2013 that you did you just wake up one day and say, Okay, I'm done? Oh, what happened? No, like, how did no, you get into recovery?
1: My wife had enough. Uh, I was on a downward spiral. I was self destructive. I was drinking heavier and heavier and heavier. And that night, I was basically sitting in my car, in my garage, drunk as a skunk, and bawling my eyes out with pain emotional mm. pain and uh, all the trauma of my life kept kept crushing down on me and my wife didn't know what to do so she called my boss and literally they at 11 o'clock at night my boss turned up um of the department and saw me in all my glory and then behind my back they organized an admission to a rehabilitation hospital
0: good job and
1: exactly and that was and all the expenses paid holiday for 28 days. Okay. And I must say, highly, highly, highly recommended. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know it at the time. I was, I was wounded, licking my wounds like, a, like an animal. But it was what started then was a journey. That is so exciting. Lord of the Rings. Uh just move over. That's <laughs> bullshit. That's boring. You know? Never ending story. Oh, oh, never ending journey. Yeah, my bottom. Forget that. We shouldn't make a film about of our our recovery. Because what we as 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 addicts experience once we take the bull by its horns, once we actually look the demons in the face and say, no, I'm no longer the victim. Let's actually work on that. But in order to do so, you need to admit that you're in trouble. And that's, that's what I could never do. And my wife did it for me. And once that was done, there was a freedom. It was like coming out. um, It was like, wow, okay, the truth is out there. I do no longer need to hide. It is beautiful.
0: Yeah, indeed we everybody i've talked to that's been on my podcast and for all the years that i've been sober now um we all have a, a similar version of the story of this walk through hell and when we come out on the other side and we create uh, a little bit of heaven for ourselves we realize um especially when you get into longer term sobriety that there is no going back there was such pain and um, despair in that in that place. So, uh, I applaud your wife and your boss for getting you into, you know, uh-huh. in, pulling the the veil off of your eyes and getting uh-huh. you into into treatment. Uh-huh. Um, Many of us here in the States also, we did the treatment angle. That wasn't a way that I got to go, but that's okay because I just dove into the program into Alcoholics Anonymous and I got totally immersed in like one to two meetings every day and All the people i hung out with uh same thing okay so you got out of sobriety did you go right back to work i'd like to hear a little bit about your uh recovery like uh, i know things aren't always um, perfect in that first year because you're trying to clean up some of the messes that we made but uh, so tell me how did your career progress after that and how how were things also in your relationship
1: That is a very good question. Keeping in mind that I'm a doctor, I'm looking after other people. So, the very first thing that I had to realize is that I could not be there for everyone, and I, that became blatantly clear uh, because it. During my rehab, I spoke to several times to a psychiatrist, and one day he asked me, "Look, Stefan, you've gone through so much shit. Often in your work." How could you possibly go back to work as an, as an, as a doctor? How does that work for you? And he completely caught me out at that moment and I was probably still for a few seconds. Then I said, zombie apocalypse. <laughs> and He just looked in my eyes and said, what? And He just thought I lost it. And I said, look, we are now in the zombie apocalypse. There are zombies everywhere. I cannot rescue everyone. Mm. I cannot rescue everyone. I need to look after myself first, then after my immediate family and the closest friends I've got. Uh, Maybe the one patient that I'm looking after right now, that is okay, but I can't rescue everyone because that was my thing. I was a people pleaser, I I was the knight in shining armor, fighting for every single patient in a healthcare system that did have no money. Therefore, they put some rather interesting rules on in order to avoid having to treat patients. And I felt that as a betrayal. So I was fighting for everyone. And I then had to realize that I have to fight for myself first. I have to put myself and that was the biggest breakthrough. So that allowed me actually to go back to work. But then you're, I'm a doctor. So people are, resp- I'm responsible for people. So therefore the medical council is responsible for me. So I ended up under supervision. First of all, they forbid me to go back to work uh, for three months. I had to, to get my Oh, that's kind of
0: good, yeah. right? Cause oh, that yeah. gives you the oh, yeah. opportunity to, did you get into like a 12 step kind of program or did you it go was, to therapy?
1: Capri, no, Capri Hospital, where I ended up, they uh, they did a 12-step program or worked along the 12 steps. Okay. Um, and I would like to distinguish this case between AA and 12-step program. Um, AA is a beautiful, beautiful organization that is often very helpful. But in my experience, I found many meetings rather um, a waste of my time because there were so many people who spoke about the bad old days. And they were there every single day in a meeting, every single day without fail. But they had never gone beyond step two or three.
0: They oh. had never done
1: the work. These were the guys who were, you think, oh, for fuck's sake, I would just want to cut my wrists here. If he tells me once more what, what how bad it has been and oh. how good it is now. But if he wouldn't turn up in a meeting, he would be tomorrow back on the, on the, on the drink. I call them white necklace. And unfortunately, I I felt, nah, this is not, I wanna be the dumbest person on my power team because that is what I was in in Capri to now go from there into 12-step meetings, uh, into AA meetings, shall I say. I felt, whoa, no, that brings me back.
0: So you're talking more like you were attending uh, these 12-step meetings run by professionals in a way that really could keep you on track or something? What's the difference? No. Okay, because my AA meetings are not what you just described.
1: (laughs) Oh, which is beautiful, which is beautiful. I love to hear that. I love to hear that. No, we talk Um, about the
0: solution, like all the time. That's exactly,
1: that's exactly right. And I think in all fairness, that is, that is, that also shows how different AA meetings are run, how, how, how it is often led by charismatic uh, individuals who, who, focus on solutions yes who focus on on the beautiful things the culture
0: like in different meetings might be different culture different focus so you're You're right right. and they're all run by just people right who are in recovery exactly yeah
1: exactly right so if you get a bunch of newcomers
0: who don't know how to do it rut row yeah that's (laughs) right
1: exactly so exactly so no i think the good thing for me was it is i i i subscribed to the 12 steps in a very logical way. I I looked at it like a a failing business and that's exactly what I describe in in my steps to sobriety. Um, So if if uh, if you have got a restaurant and it works really really well and your best friend has got a restaurant and there are some tumbleweeds rolling through, one day he might come to you and say, well, you know, hey, what's going on? How can you be so good? And how, why doesn't it work with me? And I said, well, why don't I come along and have a look? And So I might come there, uh, sit in the front of the house, order a coffee and a few meals, see what's happening, then look behind the scenes, see what's happening, observe everything, figure out what works, what doesn't work, um, then maybe make some recommendations and we start putting new things into place, throw out some, half of the menu that no one buys, give a lick of paint to the front of the house and maybe new uniforms, then we have changed it all. No, we might go out to our standard customers, our our good customers, and say, look, guys, we have not been so good recently. We've we've let our, our guard down. Hey, guys, we're now new and improved. Come back to us. You get 30% off your main meal and uh, throw in a drink for free. Um, so you're making amends to those people. And then you go out there and, and actually things are going. You make sure that they keep going with a quality assurance program. And then down the line, both of the restaurants are buzzing, and your friend is so hooked on this new development that he says, "Wow, hey Stefan, you helped me so much in my in my endeavor here. Do you know what? I I make a, a Facebook group, or I bring a, a group on a Sunday together of restaurateurs who who are uh, who are struggling, and I now give back to them because it was such a cool journey. Well, that's logic. Yeah Yet." What I've described as a twelve-step program, right. ultimately, yeah, and yeah, I totally so I looked at it. it, I looked at it from that angle, and that made perfect sense. And so I started implementing it, and I got taught. I had good mentors there, um, from Capri, from that that hospital where I was. Yeah. And then down the line, I I I focused on improving every day a little bit. I realized what were my triggers. For me, halt. Is the big thing. Oh, in the early stages, in the first two years, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, halt. Those four, give me three of them and I could see the glass of wine in front of me. Give me four of them. I could taste the chardonnay on my lips. I saw the condensation on the glass, and it was calling me like a siren to the sailor. Yeah, um, uh, we're was not so good with pain, brutal. are we? Right? No, <laughs> you no. don't want to
0: go back there. So, tell Shit, me no. a little bit about um, my steps to sobriety. Can you give us, uh, you know, in a couple minutes, a summary of, of what your book is about and what those steps sure. are? Um,
1: I'm trying to put the, the 12 steps in that book uh, into a common language, uh, the, the, the language of a failed business, as I okay. Just described Okay, yeah, it to yeah, you. okay. So yeah. therefore, I'm going, I'm giving you a bit of my story and an introduction, what alcohol actually does to us, um, to us individuals, but also to us as, as a society.
0: Okay, and oh then yeah, I, that's big.
1: Then I go through the 12 steps and give you examples and give you um, a quick stories to illustrate some of the the principles, give you some idea what you maybe want to do, how you want to go about doing these steps, give you examples, give you action plans to to do something um in a structured way. It's all quite nice to say. Well, okay, we make amends. And you think, uh, I don't even know what amends are, how yeah. do I make amends, etc.? So, you know, that's in this case, uh, uh, step eight and nine. So I, I, I go through it and say, okay, this is actually what it means. And maybe this is how you might want to go about, how you want to think about it. These are, should you really make amends to absolutely everyone? And what do you do if you can't make amends because that person has passed away? It was, you will never ever find that person again. You know, stuff like that. So, so I'm going through those kind of things. Okay. So I'm going step by step by step through the 12 steps. But then that's only the start. So oh, oh, Now, you, <laughs> after, yeah, yeah, now right? you're sober. You're sober. Now what? <laughs> and that's because ultimately the challenges will I was actually
0: thinking keep... of calling my book that okay so now you're so you're so you're sober now what you know because exactly exactly you clear your head in the first 12 yeah. steps even in the first yeah. year but then yeah. you got to go a lot deeper right to get Absolutely. to your dark side and all of yeah. that that other exactly. stuff
1: and that's that's then that's then where the rest of the the book uh, focuses uh, where the other sort of third of the book focuses on the daily challenges that you will face you know them well sure that sooner or later you will end up in financial difficulties. You will have to work with an asshole uh, who you can't do anything about it, a really toxic person. Uh, You will have a bout of depression, like it or lump it. There will be anxiety attacks. There will be all kind of things. Well, what do you do? So, therefore, I've taken sort of the common challenges that you will face and I've given you summaries on them and given you action plans. How I would go about A toxic person. How I would go about burnout, how I would go about depression, how to recognize it, what to do about it. It's all about giving you tangible steps to take. I I want to open your eyes, I want to show, I give you, I want to teach you the lessons and not teach in the sense of I'm the teacher, I'm the professor, I tell you what to do. No, I tell you how I ended up in trouble, the stories that I experienced, and the things that I would have wished to know when I was in trouble. Oh yeah and then give you the action plans that I would take nowadays that were born out of out of my out of the hard lessons that I learned. And so that is what what I, what I try to do. So this book is all about taking action.
0: Okay and uh, it sounds like so in your career, um is huh. it like did you write it specifically for people who are in the medical field or just negative no, just no 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 variety no. it, it's, it's for everybody kind of thing or it is, is it... for
1: everybody and in actual fact you could do far worse even if you say well i'm not really so addicted you know these kind of gray zone drinkers which is shit oh, it's out there so many of us yeah but you can't uh, get them
0: to read that book or okay oh.
1: But I want them to. That's what I'm saying. Is that is that is these are the people that I encourage to be open. As far as I'm concerned, everyone at the age of eighteen should have to do mandatory recovery.
0: Oh, have I love to do a it. Rehab,
1: one month rehab for everyone, That's even if eighteen a great is too late. No, I 16, agree. 16, to actually learn about your emotions, to yeah. learn about your feelings, to learn the core beliefs that might be really fucked up and really screwed.
0: Well, that's what they should um, be teaching that. us in like our high school years: is how to really deal with, right, life on life's terms, and how to deal Absolutely. with disappointment because we don't have any um, say so in who raised us. But our twenties mm. are basically all learning how to reprogram or, mm. or just living by default. And unfortunately that is not the best way. So Stefan, um, I would love it if you would just share like your advice when you had to, you know, first I heard you develop yourself and then you develop others. I mean, that's the normal, natural sort of recovery journey, which is why I see, you know, first we evolve, we emerge and then we evolve ourselves and then we lead. So what (laughs) is good. Your best um, advice for a leader, somebody who's ready to step into leadership uh, in recovery, what would you have to share with them?
1: First of all, the past does not equal the future. Mm. Um, We all have gone through our trauma and this is our strength. This is not a shame, guilt, kind of rubbish, no. You have gone through those hard times. And there is a reason behind that, because it made you the man or the woman that you are now. It made you the leader that you are now. So don't try to hide those things. Mm. But on the contrary, use the mess and make it a message. Turn Mm. your life around and speak out and be humble and show integrity. The integrity is when you do the right things when no one is watching. Mm. Okay, you show true leadership by extreme ownership. Take it on the chin when you make a mistake. That's absolutely fine. Take responsibility. Say to your, absolutely. Say to your team, hey guys, you know what? Today I feel like shit. Last night we had a storm. I didn't sleep well. I had a row with my wife. I know however rare this is nowadays because we normally talk, but we we were both in the wrong place. And uh, I just am not right. So, guys, can you just have my back today? And if I'm a bit growly, please forgive me. You know what's going on.
0: Yeah, letting people be authentic with how you're feeling, asking for help when you need it. Yeah, it is. Absolutely not oh you know we talk about that vulnerability um is it gives you more power and it gives you sometimes right the respect that's needed because other people because you're modeling you know other people can then reach out for help too Stefan, i've really enjoyed having you on the podcast today i is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up
1: guys if you want to know more about me go to Um, that is my website that's my hub where you can find out more about my show more about the books that i'm currently writing on we've got several multi-author books
0: oh, that nice. I'm,
1: I'm producing so i'm all about Demystifying mental health and addiction. So you find lots of things. There lots of resources lots of lots of you know Maybe ways how to get hold of me Just just let's work together. Yeah, you have a YouTube channel too, don't you? Well, that's true That's true YouTube channel podcast. So it's all about us connecting because the opposite to addiction is connection so can you imagine if we start all collaborating and draw off the strength of others let their enthusiasm infect us could you imagine that we make this world a little bit better one little action at a time I think I strongly believe so
0: yeah yeah I think us recovering alcoholics do make the world a better place and I just am really grateful thank you again so much for being on the show today
1: It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, Maureen.
0: If you like this podcast, please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with your friends. You can visit us at EmergeLeadershipAcademy.com to take the quiz to find out what animal best represents your leadership style. And until next week, remember, you have so many leadership skills that you learned in recovery. Stop hiding because your contribution matters. Thank you.